Hello everyone, this is your host Dave Knoll, and uh, on today's episode we are going to be doing things a little bit different than I usually do. You know, usually uh, if you've heard my podcast series before, I've done two series on the rise of Adolf Hitler to the Chancellorship of Germany, and I've done the build-up to the Pearl Harbor bombing in December of 1941. And I usually have a, a a series in which I do four narrative episodes, and they're highly scripted. Uh, and by highly, I mean they're fully scripted, meaning I spend a lot of time researching and taking notes and then writing out a script and then editing and then doing a second draft and a third draft, et cetera, et cetera, with my script. And then before I finally record and then put it all together and That's been great because I can get a lot of really interesting details in there and tell the story the right way, make sure I get everything right, which is great. And I'm glad uh, that all of you have been, or some of you, have been uh, along for the ride listening to the series that I'm doing. And today I'm going to try something a little different. I'm going to try to just talk off the cuff, off of the top of my head, and see how it goes. Uh, podcasts to me are a very interesting medium. They're still a growing medium. And there are some podcasts that do scripts well. Uh, I think of, for example, American History Tellers or Tides of History. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, these are scripted shows. You know, they, they have a, a large following, a large audience. And there seems to be a certain number of people who like this. Uh, but there's also a lot of people who for podcasting who like just conversation and people just talking off the top of their head. And I was surprised to find once when I was following Dan Carlin on Twitter to, for him to say that he doesn't really do scripted episodes, which you wouldn't know given the high quality of the content of the details that he's getting. And he says the only notes that he brings in are the quotes that he wants to sprinkle in from here and there. And obviously he's not going to memorize those. So He's going to have those fully written out for him to quote. But I thought that was pretty cool. and I, So I wanted to try this for myself, to try to do the just talking off the top of my head. I think it's more can be more engaging. It can keep uh, an audience more tuned in by, by what I'm going to say next because it's not so rote. And that's something I've had to work on a lot is my delivery when I'm doing scripted to make it seem like I'm not just reading off of a page. Uh, And not just like a boring teacher uh, trying to teach history class, but trying to make it engaging and interesting. And I think a good way to do that is just to get good at actually just talking to someone and not just reading off of the page. I think by having to, your brain having to come up with the next phrase, you're forced to think, to speak in an engaging way and to pause at the right time. And the pacing, uh, the pacing in and of itself will kind of naturally resolve itself. That was a problem I had initially was, you know, how long are my pauses? How long are my, when I'm editing, how long are my pauses between not only thoughts, but even just sentences, um, or even just between semicolons or commas, you know, how long is the right pause? And is there a good time to do a longer pause than a shorter pause? You know, all that stuff I had to figure out when I'm doing a script because it's I'm reading, so it's not like I'm naturally speaking. So I think when I'm just talking off the top of my head, some of that pacing kind of naturally resolves itself. And the other thing I found was when I first envisioned this podcast, I thought my episodes would be 
longer than they turned out to be. I thought they would be in the realm of 30 to 45 minutes. They've ended up being anywhere from 16, 17 minutes to 23 minutes. And this is a lot of work I put into all these pages I've been writing out. So I found out quickly, I found out quickly that every uh, minute of script takes a lot of effort to get that down on page. And so these are taking me a long time. And so uh, I do think by just speaking off the top of my head, I'll make these podcasts longer. That's another theory. I don't know if it's a theory, but something that people talk about with some some of the most popular podcasts are long form. And uh, from personal experience, when I'm looking for a new podcast, I look for things that are longer too. So I wouldn't be surprised or at all if someone was searching for my podcast and they saw that it was only 20 minutes that they wouldn't be inclined to try it out. Uh, so I, ho- I hope by this new method I can make it a little bit longer too, because I do think podcasts are good for people who are looking for something to fill the time. Um, it's not not just filler, you know. Obviously, it's things they're interested in, but they're looking for something that will fill a road trip, will fill a commute, will fill the time they have when they're cleaning their apartment or their house, when they're taking a shower, when they're uh, you know doing a, the uh, any of the number of daily things that we do. And uh, sometimes 20 minutes is, it doesn't cut it because then they have to change and find something new to listen to or it doesn't feel like it's enough time to really get into a subject. And so I'm hoping that uh, I can try to do something. Uh, I might eventually transition into doing this more where I'm just talking and hopefully it can become longer so that I can engage an audience for a longer period of time and hopefully draw in a new audience that way. And anyway, for the, for the subject for today... I am going to talk about an interesting question I got from a reviewer on iTunes. And by the way, uh, shameless plug, please do, if you're hearing this and you haven't done so already, please do uh, rate, subscribe, and review my podcast, especially on iTunes. It really helps with the algorithm and it really helps new people find the show, especially if you're enjoying it. Um, Please do that. It really helps. Um, But this reviewer was curious about how all the different series that I'm doing will connect together. And that's a good question. Uh, I, You know, when I first envisioned this podcast, I didn't really have an answer to that question because I was so, sort of more or less following the model that other podcasts have done, which is I didn't really see much of a connection, or at least the, the host didn't explain any connection between the series necessarily. They more just happen to be subjects that the creator happened to find interesting. And uh, to go on to the next one, maybe, maybe there was like a Christmas episode in December or a Halloween episode in October, you know, that kind of thing. But as far as, you know, tackling one subject and then moving on to the next one, it didn't really seem to be um, a direct bridge there. And But I thought that was an interesting question because I do think there is a way to do it where you connect topics that makes the audience want to listen to the next series because you're kind of building towards something. And of course you, as a podcast creator, you want to, you want to create a format that lets you do this for a long time. And so if you're just, you know, there are some podcasts out there that are terminal, meaning that, uh, after a certain number of episodes, they've covered the topic at hand and then they end that podcast and they move on to the, to a totally new podcast where they create a totally new feed and have to build a totally new audience. Hopefully, you know, they're going to get a lot of their their listeners from the previous, but one. But um, 
I never envisioned this podcast being that way. I thought I would create a model where I can move on from subject to subject to subject with really no end in sight. And if you're thinking about building towards something bigger, obviously it's more difficult to to do it um, without a, without a terminal ending spot. But nevertheless, I do think you know. Uh, possibly, I should at least explain myself, <laughs> which is what I'm trying to do now. And I, I do think there are interesting connections between the stories I'm trying to tell. And so hopefully today, you know, I can explain some of that. And hopefully it'll help you kind of get behind the thinking of what I want from this podcast. And hopefully you'll stick with me through it. So today I hope to, to answer the following questions. You know, why, why did I make this podcast to begin with? And uh, why, why focus on turning point stories? What I'm calling points of no return. That was actually the original title to this podcast was uh, the crossroads of history. Anyway, so so why did I make this podcast? I'd always been interested in in doing a history podcast just because I love the medium, but I think I really, when I was doing just um, pleasure reading for history, recreational reading for history, I found all these sort of little moments in time that. I hadn't really been aware of as a student or as um, someone who had generally was generally aware of these topics. And that is these sort of small moments in history where it was sort of crossroads moments where things could have gone a totally different way than they actually ended up going. And I, I never, never wanted to do a sort of alternate history podcast, which, you know, you'll find those YouTube channels a lot, especially where someone sort of plays out the history of, you know, what would have happened if, Germany won World War Two, or you know the, the same sort of question along the lines of you know what would the what would have happened in, in America if the South had won the Civil War? You know these kinds of things are are evergreen topics of topics and debate, and I didn't really want to do that. I didn't want to go down the road of trying to theorize about given a set of facts if a certain set of given a set of alternative facts. You know, trying to like play out what would have happened. I wasn't really interested in doing that. I'm more interested in telling actual factual stories about these really interesting crossroads moments in time, not to go down the path of what would have happened if it had gone differently, but to tell the story that, you know, history hinges on events that aren't uh, set in stone. You know, looking back in history, we have a bias because we already know what happened so that we tend to often even subconsciously think of history as happening in a certain way in that certain way was inevitable. And uh, what I found interesting were these small moments in time where things that seemed small um, actually ended up playing a large role in changing the course of events. You know, actual historians who have studied the topics that I'm looking at extensively might have issue with some of the conclusions I might make, but still I think they make for interesting narratives. And I would stand by what I, what I say. Um, in the in the reading that I've done, in the research that I've done, to stand by these sort of crossroads moments in time. For example, if you listen to my first series, you know, it really stood out to me, the fact that uh, Hitler becoming chancellor, that sort of movement had was more or less dead in the water by, by December of, of 1932. But, uh, you know, there's this really interesting moment where Hitler meets with the former German chancellor Franz von Papen in a sort of backdoor meeting. And 
you know, things sort of change from that point on for, and of course, then that sort of leads down this sort of path for Germany and then eventually for the world from that point on. Um, of course, there's other moments in time I could have looked at that also might have changed the whole course of history, you know, like the in 1933, 1934, there's lots of little moments you can look at where, you know, possibly Hindenburg, president of Germany, could have done something differently to stop what was going on or, you know, or even earlier than than uh, De- December or January of 1932, 1933, uh, which is the sort of moment in time I looked at as a crossroads moment. There were other previous moments in time you could have said things were different, but to me that was sort of what I found to be the key moment and that it also made, really made for an interesting story. And so these were the kind of things that really interested me. And then, of course, with Japan, I was looking at these sort of small moments in time, these little bits of miscommunication and mistranslation, and these sort of missed chances for America to see Pearl Harbor coming. These things really fascinated me because I didn't, you know, I know the, I know the big story, but as far as the smaller things, I wasn't quite as aware of them. And, you know, I think there's a case to be made that they really exacerbated a already fraught situation and made it much worse and quite possibly you know the whole uh, pacific theater of the war might have turned out differently had small things here or there gone differently had communication been better had america been more prepared to defend itself at pearl harbor etc etc and of course i'm not saying that the uh, inevitably the tensions between japan and america would have been resolved peacefully but there's still something to be said for things to have gone better than they actually did, which was really a devastating theater of war in the Pacific that lasted a long time and was really, uh, you know, if we look at the people think things are bad in 2020, I just, you know, try to imagine what it would have been like in 1944 or 1945 in either Europe or the Pacific. And, you know, I, I can become grateful for my life and the things that, you know, God has blessed me with in my life when I think about just the horrors of those two, those, of those years, the war years. Um, and I'm getting a little off track, but long story short, things ended up terribly in these, in these years. And so it's interesting to see how, how it led to that and, and to, um, look at these sort of small moments in time where things could have gone differently. Anyways, that's why I first envisioned this podcast. That's what I wanted to do when I when I wanted to make a podcast was to talk about these small moments in time. And so, so I think they're interesting. And so the, the question at hand in this episode is, do these things connect together? That's the, that's the question I want to answer and, and to try to lay out a vision of this podcast moving forward and what I'm going to try to do to connect the series and hopefully keep the audience more engaged. And I do think I do think I can I can make that case. So just to give you a preview of, of what I want to do moving forward, I do want to look look at sort of keep inching back in time uh, to World War One first. That's the next series I'm putting together now. If you've heard of it, uh, the sort of crossroads moment for World War One is the July crisis of 1914, and this is um, the month right after. Franz Ferdinand is assassinated in uh, Sarajevo, Bosnia. And in this month, you know, Franz Ferdinand is assassinated on June 28th, 1914. And then in this month, 
there are <laughs> crazy things that happen. Um, just reading through this history and taking notes now, it's um, talk about miscommunication and talk about states trying to understand and predict the thinking of their allies, of their enemies, of not only trying to decide, do we, are we going to hold up our commitment to our ally? If, if this, if our ally goes to war, um, not only thinking about that or not only thinking about, you know, do we attack, but trying to manipulate the PR, the, <laughs> the public image of the country by trying to make it not look like they were the ones provoking the crisis. And uh, of course that extends uh, far into the future for the next hunt, you know, past the end of the war and the Versailles Treaty, you have countries arguing with each other about, you know, who caused this catastrophe. And so that, so that starts, you know, then, but it goes on and on and on because of course the war becomes a bloody mess. But, uh, in this, in July of 1914, you have a whole month where it's someone, everyone knows something's about could happen and more than could very possibly is going to happen. There are these um, really intricate alliances between countries that uh, will all come into play and really cause a mess. Um, of course, you know, the countries aren't fully aware of the mess that it will be, um, largely because there had never been a war fought on with that level of technology. And uh, they, they couldn't predict how massively destructive it would be, um, especially in terms of the cost of human life, because uh, the technological gains had never been fully uh, used to that level. Everyone knows something's about to happen, but really in terms of how it actually came about, there's these really interesting meetings, notes being shared, foreign, foreign ministers visiting other countries. And so I'm going to tell this story in the next series and that's what I'm working on now. And, and I'm hoping for it to be another four part series where, you know, every, every other week I release an episode that tells the next part of the story. And I'm hoping to look at, you know, some of the smaller things you might not have realized have been, a, played a big role in this July crisis of 1914 and, you know, do the things that I've done before in the last two series. But the question I want to try to think about is, you know, how does this connect to Hitler becoming chancellor or Japan attacking Pearl Harbor, and I do think it connects, obviously, and the most obvious way in which it connects is that, you know, the Versailles Treaty, which uh, wraps up World War One, directly leads to the creation of, of Adolf Hitler, and I think that story is pretty well known, but I, you know, I'm going to touch on that, but the, the other way in con with it connects is with uh, Japan and the creation of the, the League of Nations, and then Japan leaving the League of Nations as sort of the one of the precursors to the Pacific Theater of World War II. And so I hope to get into that as well. But the larger point I want to make is that there's a spine to all these events in these different series that I'm going to be telling. And uh, just to let you know that I'm hoping to connect them further as I do each series. And I might sort of wrap up the 20th century, if you will, eventually. Um, and move on to something else that's totally different. But um, I'll let you know when I do that. And um, that that's in my, that's in the plans 
for uh, moving forward with this podcast. And so I, th- I think if I'm if I had to vision out this this coming year with this podcast, uh, I would say that I'm you know I'm going to do World War One next, the July Crisis, and then I'm going to do the Russian Revolution, and obviously. Those two things are very connected, and I'll spend some time sort of connecting it to the other two series I've done, which is uh, Japan and Germany. And that, with those, uh, I, with all of that, uh, that might wrap up the um, the 20th century. And there's obviously much more to be said about the 20th century, but I might wrap up the whole thing there, sort of put a hard break in it <laughs> for those, and then move on to something else, possibly the Reformation, possibly you know I might take a more do a more series on Christianity, um, the history of Christianity at that point, but that's still, I'm far down the line, far down the line, and I'm still trying to, to think about all that, and so, um, yeah, that's more or less what I'm thinking moving forward. Is there a spine to history? I I would say, yes, there is. I don't think events happen in isolation. I think that, uh, events then immediately proceed and immediately follow are all connected. The decisions that uh, world leaders make matter. Of course, it would be a rather fraught exercise to try to connect every event to every other event in world history. Eventually, you got to make a cutoff point to isolate certain events to make any sense of it. However, uh, the way that events build on each other matter. Uh, and it's important as... Uh, for professional historians, it's important for professional historians to look back in time, and make these connections. And, you know, as so, so, something that I'm trying to do, I'm not doing much archival primary research myself here with this, with this, uh, ep- with this podcast, but I'm trying to tell stories. And so it's important for me as a storyteller to make those connections as well. And uh, if, if I could say that there's a spine to history about anything, I would say it has to do with making drawing connections between major events in his, in world history and showing how the one set of decisions and facts and circumstances helps bring about another one. How did World War I create Adolf Hitler, for example? How did World War I create World War II, et cetera, et cetera? And you can tell that I've been reading and uh, thinking a lot about the 20th century recently, but I will expand upon the 20th century, you know, the more I read and the more I make this podcast. But the 20th century, it's something I love, something I wrote about for my dissertation, which was about um, American radio policy. And so it's it's always been a topic, uh, it's always been a, a time period of fascination for me, which is why I ended up using those examples. But I'm getting off getting off track here. And to get back on track, which is what is the spine of history? Again, I think it's decisions that and decisions that lead to other decisions. And of course, these decisions are surrounded by, they're infused with, highly affected by, uh, by the, the facts surrounding them. But the decisions themselves are the things that ultimately lead to a certain set of outcomes. And so uh, to think about what I want to do moving forward here is in between series, I plan on doing a bridge episode where I explain my thinking about why it is I'm tackling this next topic and that hopefully will connect what it was I talked about in the previous series moving into the next series. 
And so if you recall, I just recently wrapped up a series on the buildup to Pearl Harbor when the Japanese decided to bomb Pearl Harbor and why that happened and how that came about. And the next series I'm going to do will be about the July crisis of 1914 and World War I. And so obviously we're going back in time between 1941 to 1914. But obviously, if my conception of the spine of history holds up, there will be connections between these two series. And I will do a bridge episode where I expound on it and hopefully uh, get you as the listener excited to listen to these connections. So that's the announcement for today. I, uh, I appreciate you listening. And of course, I would love any feedback you might give me. Let me know if you like this more stream of thought type style. Let me know if you like this, the more uh, scripted style because that matters moving forward with what I want to do with this podcast. And as always, I really appreciate you listening. And uh, yeah, have a great one.